Hello everyone and uh, welcome to our kitchen. Um, it's been a few weeks since we've been able to worship together at church and uh, this is our third time uh, doing a Wi-Fi worship from home and we certainly miss you guys and wish we could be at our physical church together with you um, and we look forward to the day when that can happen. But until that can happen, um, we just hope that this, uh, this time we share together can be a blessing to you and that God will use it to um, just fill you with um, the good things he has for you today. Um, before we begin, only one announcement, and that is that uh, this week is Holy Week. And so as your pastors, we'd just like to encourage you as individuals and families to to make a plan for Holy Week, whether that's just um, singing a few old familiar songs or reading the familiar scripture passages. Um, it's just a good, good to have a plan going into the week. As well, Brittany and I, um, if all goes well, are going to be recording and releasing videos, um, one for each day with um, some scripture reading and a song or two and a prayer. It'll be very simple, but uh, that's something that you can do is just tune in every night to, uh, to watch those videos. And, and I, I think that will be uh, a blessing to everyone as well. So now let's uh, just take a moment to quiet ourselves and um, draw near to God. Uh, and as we draw near to him, we trust that, that he is with us and is drawing near to us. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are our help. You are our hope. We are so thankful that we can come to you and worship today. We pray, Lord, that as we do, that you would fill each of us with your Holy Spirit, turn our eyes and our hearts toward you again, and speak to us, Lord. Shape us. Call us, Lord. Bless us. In your name we pray. Amen. The songs are the song lyrics are below um, the video. Just click show more and you can sing along with us. Please do. We are Thank you. 
Last week, we took a moment to profess our faith together with the words of um, question and answer one of the Heidelberg Catechism. Today, I'd like to profess our faith together using um, words from Our World Belongs to God. So follow along um, uh, below as there's uh, parts for you to read as well. As followers of Jesus Christ living in this world, which some seek to control and others view with despair, we declare with joy and trust. Our world belongs to God. From the beginning through all the crises of our times, until the kingdom fully comes, God keeps covenant forever. Our world belongs to God. Still despair and rebellious pride fill the earth. Some crushed by failure or broken by pain, give up on life and hope and God. In others, shaken, but still hoping for human triumph, we work feverishly to realize their dreams. As believers in God, we also struggle with the spirits of this age, resisting them in the power of the Spirit, testing them by God's sure word. Our world, fallen into sin, has lost its first goodness. But God has not abandoned the work of his hands. God holds this world with fierce love. Keeping his promise, he sends Jesus into the world, pours out the Holy Spirit, and announces the good news that Sinners who repent and believe in Jesus live anew as members of the family of God, the first fruits of a new creation. We rejoice in the goodness of God, renounce the works of darkness, and dedicate ourselves to holy living. As covenant partners, set free for joyful obedience, we offer our hearts and lives to do God's work in the world. We are confident that the light which shines in the present darkness will fill the earth when Christ appears. Come, Lord Jesus. Our world belongs to you. Amen. Amen. We're going to spend a few minutes now um, in prayer. And um, I'll lead us in a time of praying for our families, our neighbors, our world. I'm going to leave some silence during the prayer for you to be praying on your own um, during that time. And I'll also be concluding our prayer by asking God to guide us as we turn to his word. Let's pray together. Lord God, we praise you today that the whole world is yours. That even though terribly broken, you are at work redeeming and restoring it. And we look forward to the day when all things are finally made new. Lord, in this unique time of disruption, isolation, and illness, we ask for your help. There are family members that we are concerned about, Lord. We pray to you about them now.
There are neighbors, Lord, and friends that we're worried about. We pray for them now. And there are other things that burden us, Lord. Things about our city, things about our country, things about our world. We lift these prayers to you now also. As we enter into Holy Week, Lord, I pray that you would remind us again of the joy and hope that we have in your death and resurrection. Remind us that your death is our death. Your new life is our new life. I pray that you would fill us, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might have courage and creativity as we live out the new life that you have so graciously given us. Keep our eyes and hearts focused on you, Lord Jesus. And now as we turn to your word, Father, we pray that you would make our hearts open to it and we pray that you would speak through it. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. So um, we're continuing um, our series with the spiritual disciplines, and uh, we've been going through it um, the whole of Lent, really. And um, the goal of this really is to, to be with Jesus and to become like Jesus and the way that um, uh, the scriptures and the Christian tradition has said the way to become like Jesus is not to just try really hard to be like Jesus, but to take on the practices that Jesus took on. Uh, and I believe and uh, we believe that um, the Holy Spirit uses these practices to uh, nurture us and to grow us in a Christ-like direction. Um, so that we become more and more like Jesus. Um, so we've talked about meditation, we've talked about prayer, we've talked about fasting, and the spiritual discipline we're going to be looking at today is uh, the discipline of solitude. So I'm going to read uh, two passages from the Bible, Psalm 46, um, which is just right for our, you know, this moment in time. It's just so perfect. But there's also some good stuff in solid, about solitude in there. 
And then another passage from Luke. So hear the word of the Lord. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then this passage from... You said Luke 5? Yeah, no, I'm wondering if I'm in the right spot. It might have been Luke 4. Um, oh, what does it say? Oh, yeah, Luke 5, 12 to 16. Ah, I was on the wrong page. There we go. While Jesus was in one of the towns... A man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So. So. Solitude. Solitude. Here we are together <laughs> talking about Solitude. With a house full of children. Don't hit the table. Oh, sorry. You knock over the camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, can you start by defining the discipline, the spiritual practice of solitude for us? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a really, a, a really quite a, a simple definition. Um, solitude is simply retreating from the crowd in order to be alone with God. Hmm. So in a way, it's not, uh, it's a discipline of abstinence or retreat. Refraining. Uh, refraining, like we talked about fasting last week, how fasting is uh, refraining from eating for a, a period of time um, in order to be filled up with God. There's a similarity to solitude. Um, you're refraining from the crowd. You're pulling back from the noise that surrounds you um, in order to uh, step into the sanctuary 
and meet God there and be with him. So that's a simple okay. definition, I think. Um, is there... Is there anything different between times of solitude and times of being alone? Like, can you um, make a differentiation between those two things? Right. I mean, not all alone time is solitude time, right? Um, so solitude is a stepping back from the world in order to step into God's presence. So you're in solitude, you are intentionally making space for God and tending to that relationship in mm -hmm. quietness away from the noise of the world. Um, it is uh, so that, and sometimes when we're alone, we're not doing that, right? We're not intentionally stepping into the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. We're just alone. Um, and, you know, all of us have had experiences of of being alone and sometimes that's welcome but oftentimes there's a loneliness that settles in and loneliness is certainly different from solitude um, in loneliness you feel kind of empty like there's a hunger for community that's not being met uh, but solitude is um, hopefully there's a fullness that you experience being with god so you're not alone you're not with other people but you're mm -hmm. with you're with God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what happens in solitude? Like what happens in solitude time? Like is it just a time set aside to be praying? Mm -hmm. Or is there something else that's happening? Right. What do there? you what do you do in this time apart? Right. Like God? if you wanted to actually right. be alone to be with God. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. Well, I guess like the first thing is, um, this is actually kind of hard at first, but, um, <laughs> we want to, hmm. we want to do something. We want to fill this time with something. God can't just want us to sit there. Could, <laughs> could he like, but I think there's something about that. It's, there's a, a, a do nothingness, at least at the beginning of solitude. Like you're literally just setting aside time and saying, God, here I am. Draw near to me. And resting in that. Um, often we rush to prayer. Um, there's a video um, I was watching just this morning. Um, an actor named Evan Kuhn uh, created these series of short, like three minute videos on uh, prayer time. He called it morning time with Jesus or coffee with Jesus. And um, it, one of them is, I'll put it, a link to it in the notes below. Um, basically, this pastor shows up at a coffee shop and to talk with Jesus. And it's basically like this pastor's prayer time. And as soon as he sets, sits down at the table, he, he just starts yammering on about all these prayer requests he has. And, and Jesus is sitting there kind of calmly drinking his coffee. And every now and then Jesus will try to get a word in. But this... You know, this pastor guy is just rushing through his requests mm. as fast as possible. And then it's like, okay, Jesus, I got to go. And then he gets out of there. And uh, the video is way better than my explanation of it. Uh, but there's a tendency to want to just quickly fill the silence 
with noise. Even if it's prayer, sometimes we're just rattling. We're not really in tune with what we're saying. We're just filling space because the silence can feel kind of awkward and mm-hmm. scary. And you're not sure what's going to happen. And maybe the point is that actually nothing happens, but just resting with resting in being, being still, like the psalm says, being still and knowing that God is God and that I am who I am and that together we're just enjoying and nurturing that relationship in the silent space. Um, a few, uh, another translation of Psalm 46, that be still and know that I am God, is um, in the uh, different translation says, cease striving hmm. and know that I am God. Uh, Eugene Peterson in the message says, um, step out of the traffic and take a long loving look in my direction, something like that. And so there's this, just this gaze, like to, to be in God's presence and simply to enjoy it without the need to fill it with words or things to do. That being said, of course, solitude can move towards prayer, can move towards conversation with God mm-hmm. um, or worship or, um, or, you know, reading the Bible right mm-hmm. those can be a part of solitude but the point is not to fill it with something but simply to be with i was just thinking about my own experience of solitude or my own typical version of and because i'm an introvert i actually just love solitude and i have like i'm pretty intentional about blocking out this time to be alone and even time to be with God but I will often fill the time Mm. and I will fill it with lots of good things Mm. like this prayer list uh, these podcasts right right um, songs like whatever but it's often very much like it can still almost be a bit like there's a to-do list Mm -hmm. and there is like lots of noise and that I think is different mm-hmm. than what you're saying like you're talking yeah. about well I love that taking a long loving look yeah in God's direction you know I think um, like a, a parent child analogy might be helpful here um, you know I love it when my children talk with me and I love watching them run around and do all you know their childish things and watch them build things or, or play with their friends. Um, but I also love it when they just hop onto my lap and rest into me and I can kind of wrap my arms around them. Mm-hmm. And we don't even have to say anything, but we're... In fact, it's almost like, let's not Yeah, let's talk. Not, <laughs> let's not fill this with noise. Like, right. Let's simply enjoy, like be still and know that I am your father. And then I want my, my son or my daughter just to, to feel that, that, that know who I am and, and what, I, what I give you, you know, the, the strength that you can enter back into the world 
with just like knowing how deeply you are loved and cared for. Mm-hmm. And I like that about the psalm. It's like, you know, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, right? Like this, just rest in the reality that I am who I am and will do what I've said I've done. And just mm-hmm. enjoy me. Yeah. So I there's... That's, I think, at the heart of solitude as opposed mm-hmm. to filling it with space, with, you know. Things. All even other, good things. Even, yeah, even good things. Um, so how did Jesus practice solitude? Yeah. Um, so we see it quite often in the, in the New Testament. Um, and at the very end of the passage we read, um, we see it again. Uh, and Luke, I love how Luke says it. Um, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Um, And so there's this pattern in his life of engagement with his disciples and the community, and then retreat to be alone with God. Engagement, retreat, engagement, retreat. And what's interesting, especially in Luke's account of the life of Christ, is that these retreats, often happen before significant moments. Hmm. And so Jesus is stepping out of the flow, stepping out of the noise, the crowd, mm-hmm. in order to be with God. And then he, when he comes back, something happens, right? Something, a, a, a change of course happens. So for instance, he retreats before he calls his disciples. Um, on the mount, uh, when he's transfigured, he's on, a, he's on a retreat, he's going up the mountain to be with God. And there, his identity is confirmed. He's transfigured before the three disciples who are there with him. And then when Jesus comes down the mountain the next day, he sets his face towards Jerusalem. Um, and he's like, this is my mission. I know who I am. I know what I'm supposed to do. You know, all the disciples are going to, they want him to wear the, you know, the, to be a real king, to wear like a crown with, you know, that looks like a, a crown. But Jesus knows that he has to wear the crown of thorns. And so he's, there's all this pressure on Jesus to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. The disciples want him to be something. The Pharisees want him to be something. The crowds want him to be something. Um, and that pressure must have been intense. And so Jesus, after engagement for a while, would retreat to be refreshed in his identity as beloved of God in order to re-engage with a sense of purpose, um, the purpose he's, he was given. And, and I think this is actually another crucial point with solitude. Um, it's in this time of resting in God's presence that we're, not all the time, but sometimes our, our, our mission, our purpose is clarified. We step out of the noise, the traffic, you know, the traffic wants us to go a certain direction. Um, the crowd wants us to be a certain way. Um, our family wants us to be a certain way. So in solitude, we step out of that. Um, we rest with God. And I, we get a little bit more perspective about who we are and also our purpose in the world. Yeah. And then we can re-engage with um, a sense of clarity. Hmm. So that's, uh, that's what we see happening in Christ's life is... Retreat, engagement, retreat, engagement. So when 
we practice solitude. Some of the benefits are just being refreshed in who God is and in who we are. Um, space made to um, receive God's guidance, to have that sense of purpose, maybe change direction or mm-hmm. have, you know, have a new sense of mission. Are there other benefits to solitude besides those two things? Yeah. Uh, perhaps the main one that comes to mind um, is uh, solitude is, is you know, like fasting. It's good medicine for the soul. Mm-hmm. Specifically, um, solitude can be an antidote to vainglory. So vainglory is something, it's a vice we, most of us struggle with. Um, it's basically uh, living for the applause of, of your peers. or It's like a very image conscious right. um, way of being. Right, you're just constantly analyzing like, am I getting enough likes? Am I, um, you know, did I say that right? And if, if someone scowls, you're like, oh, no, I, I'm... Right, it's your like day. <laughs> your, your identity takes a hit because you're, you're living your life in order to, like... For the affirmation, for of, the affirmation. of others. That, that's you. what's filling you up, right? And so it's actually kind of scary to step out of that because that's where your, your your identity is being shored up with that applause. Mm-hmm. To step out of that and to be quiet, it's actually torture at first. Like, it's really, really hard. Um, but it's also the antidote that gets us out of that potentially negative, it, it almost always is negative, um, way of being where we're just living for the approval of others. And we're, you're getting a... a with God, you get a much deeper foundation for your life mm-hmm. and for your identity. And you can re-enter the world in, with a lot less anxiety about what people are thinking of you so that you're more able to be an authentic, the, the authentic person that, that God has made you to be. Mm-hmm. Um, living for the applause of God, not for the applause of your peers. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a major... I think um, additional uh, fruit of solitude. I was also thinking that solitude is really good for people who have um, struggles with talking too much or yes, um, like using their words wrongly. Just anything that has to do yeah. with speaking like gossip or maybe mm-hmm. you're, like you're you really... We spend so much time... Maybe really critical or like yeah. just so much... Um, we spend so much time even like justifying ourselves right. or... Being defensive, speaking, speaking, explaining exactly, ourselves. Exactly. And, oh man, after a while, it's just... Uh, our words mean nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and... Uh, Solitude is good also. Like if you notice that that is something that you struggle with or that's a, a bad pattern in your life. Solitude can be like a wonderful spiritual medicine for that particular That's right. struggle as well. Because yeah. you have to be quiet. You have to be quiet. So when a lot of people, when they talk about solitude, they talk about solitude and silence hmm. at the same time. Um, which, of course, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um, how do you practice solitude, Dave? 
<laughs> when my wife lets me. <laughs> Just joking. That's uh, living for the approval of my people around me. Oh. Um, yeah, it's hard with uh, busy family life and busy church life. Um, but that's, that's an excuse. Um, I, I think what I've been doing lately, and this is fairly new for me, um, so I haven't been doing this for a long time, but I've been um, setting aside about two and a half hours a week uh, to practice solitude. Um, I do it on Monday mornings. I used to do it um, a different day, but now I'm trying Monday. And um, it starts with a walk. I don't have earbuds in. I'm not listening to anything. That's a big deal for you. It is, because I love to listen to things. Um, so no headphones in. And I go for a walk about 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, then I get to church or wherever I'm going, and I make myself some coffee, and I'm just still as I drink that. Um, then I do open the Bible, and I usually have chosen a story or a section to read ahead of time, and I just digest that. And so I, I allow my imagination to engage it and see what God brings to mind. Um, after that, I move into a time of prayer, but it's not so much intercessory prayer mm -hmm. as I ask questions like, Lord, what, you know, how, what is, what does fathering look like for me right now? Mm -hmm. And then I'm still in that and I start jotting down things that I feel like I'm getting or I'll ask, you know, when, hmm. what does it look like for me to be a minister in the midst of this? Hmm. And, and then I'll wait, and I start jot, jotting down things that I get. And, yeah, that's, that's basically what I do. Hmm. Yeah. And um, the more I do it, the more I think, how could I not do this? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, what about you? I practice solitude when my kids let me. <laughs> yeah. um, at night, basically. Well, you know, at night when I have alone time, I would probably call that more prayer. Mm -hmm. um, I was sort of thinking today when I was thinking about like, what does my practice of solitude look like right now? I actually think I do try to practice it during the day. Um, and especially lately, um, with the world feeling a bit noisier in terms of news feeds and news broadcasts and um, just busier at home, um, I find that like there's usually a quiet moment, like when the kids are occupied. Mm. And um, I have sort of developed this practice of solitude where instead of filling that alone moment and by alone moment I mean like maybe it's two minutes maybe it's ten minutes but I mean like kids are occupied and I can just tell I have a moment here um, instead of reaching for Your like phone. my to-do list mm -hmm. or the phone I will actually intentionally choose solitude right and I'll just sit on the couch we'll step into the sanctuary I'll step into the sanctuary yeah and I just like I won't lift anything mm -hmm. I won't 
do anything, but I'll just sit and sort of choose silence or at least like an inner silence, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Um, There's a couple of scripture passages that I, um, that I have memorized. And so sometimes during that time, usually I'll start it off by just um, sort of quietly reciting a few verses that I know. Um, But then it will just sort of be like silence, but intentionally like putting my mind on the fact that God is here. And it's great. Yeah. We often uh, will give each other, like if we know, if we notice the other person's getting agitated or angry or just irritable, it's like, get out of the house, you know, (laughs) go to Starbucks and bring your journal. But the thing is, it's like, but you have to be careful with that Mm. because like for me, getting out of the house can mean, well... I'm going to do this. That's right. But to be intent, no. like to Get make it sol- for solitude, for solitude. Yeah. to be alone with God, that's right. sort of the gold. And over time, like there, there is sort of a direct connection between me being at my best mm-hmm. and having that bit of that practice of solitude. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So do you want to make any connections? Um, between the practice of solitude and our um, time of COVID-19? You know, there's a lot to think about there. I don't know if I have a great answer yet. Um, I will say that um, we're certainly getting a lot of solitude, like, or uh, I should say, we have a lot of opportunity for alone time (laughs) right now. those with, that don't have children in the house. Right, though. right. Many, But many people are like, what do I do with yeah. myself? Yeah. Where do I go? I, all my usual distractions are not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a tremendous opportunity to step into the sanctuary. But I think there's a lot of distractions and a lot of noise happening right now, too. I mean, you could watch the news all day long, and they will have interesting things all the time about you know, that feels so important to, to hear about. Um, and of course, you know, following the news is a good thing, but you don't have, like when you watch it all day, there it's, mm-hmm. there's something not good happening there. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried people are just going to try to fill, fill the space with something, uh, like a TV show or um, more time on social media, whatever. Uh, but I do want to encourage us, um, and it doesn't have to be solitude. It could be one of the other disciplines too. But uh, how could how could this time this time of disruption be a chance to to practice something new and to set aside time for just resting in the embrace of God, to be with God. And I think what, what is needed from Christians, I think, right now in society is a depth. And by that, I mean sort of uh, for us to be a non-anxious presence in the midst of a very anxious time. I mean, there's just a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. Um, and, and how could we bear witness to uh, just 
who God is, who we are in him, and show up in a non-anxious way um, based out of time with God. Right. Right. Because I do believe that right. in that quiet time with him, you know, these, these fears are, are put into their place. Mm-hmm. And we remember he will be exalted among the nations. Um, like he's got everything in his hands. So, well, and just like we're, you know, you can believe that belonging to God gives you deep peace. You can sort of believe that belonging to God and following Jesus gives you great hope. But I think it's sort of in solitude that those beliefs that you have sort of, sort of enter in, right? Mm -hmm. They, 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 they really become more part of you. Your identity. Like they become not just these ideas you have, but you That's take right. them on. And so I think, yeah. like, if we want to be people of, like, if you want to be a person, if I want to be a person of just deep peace and deep hope, like, to, to try solitude, to take on a practice of solitude is a good way mm-hmm. to let God work that out in you. Mm-hmm. Even to clarify your mission, like, um, that... I'm, I'm struck by Jesus and his retreat, engage, retreat, engage pattern. And uh, yeah, I wonder what that has for us in this COVID-19 too, to be people who are retreating, but then also engaging. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and then retreating again to get further clarity on how to engage. That's right. Yeah. How to engage differently or in a new way. Yeah. Um, any reflections on solitude and just the gospel the good news that jesus has saved us yeah we were uh talking about this beforehand um i didn't have too many good reflections earlier this morning but you had a good one (laughs) um but uh you know it's it just struck me that the solitude with god is only possible because of what christ has done yes and I'm just thinking about the image in, uh, or not the image, but the, the part in the story of the crucifixion where the, the temple curtain is torn in two, top to bottom. And like this separation that used to exist between common folk and like the Holy of Holies, like is torn. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like we have access to... Mm-hmm. God's very presence without their needing to be the only mediator is Christ and um, and he's paved the way for us to be able to enter enter God's presence with boldness and not fear that's right and have him fill us with these good things out of his deep love for us and and he calls like he called Jesus the beloved like you are my beloved child he now that same um, identity has been passed on to us. He calls us his beloved sons and daughters. And, and so we, that's the good news as far as I'm concerned, it's like for, for solitude is we don't have to fear God in, in the sanctuary, but step in confident that we have a, a place to belong there in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I mean, when Jesus died on the cross, um, that he took on the punishment of our sin 
like purchasing our forgiveness mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. And um, like until then, there was always the separation. This gap. And I think too, like not only is Jesus like the foundation, like because he did that, we can have solitude with God, but it's just so um, like we are not alone. Mm. And I think that is such a fundamental part of the good news. Like we are always in the presence of another, mm. of another who is almighty, all powerful, all loving, totally good. Mm-hmm. Like, we are always in the presence of our good God now. Mm -hmm. And I think Jesus makes it possible that we can have solitude with God. Um, but it's also like having solitude with God, like being alone with God is also just like the joy, like a wonderful expression of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Like he is our father now. We can get into his lap mm -hmm. and enjoy his embrace and say nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and so we should, mm -hmm. because we can. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful you're here to help round out my thoughts with even better thoughts or whatever. <laughs> Thank you for, that was good. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're a team. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's solitude and mm -hmm. yeah. We should sing now, hey? Mm -hmm. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that
to remind you of the last thing that we said when we were reflecting together, reflecting together about solitude. And that is that God is with you. God is with you. As we conclude and as you go about the rest of your day, I want to give to you God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace now and always. And all God's people said, Amen. Bye for now. Bye.